everybody, and welcome back into another fantastic episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have an awesome show in store for you today, and we're so excited to be bringing it to you. Joining us today, we have the lead performer, Mig Ayesa, who is currently playing in Choices, a rock opera, and that's playing November 24th, 25th, and 26th at 8 p.m. and then at 2 p.m. on the 26th at the Emelin Theater for the Performing Arts in Marimaronic, New York. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting emelin.org. We are so excited about this show because who doesn't love a rock opera? So let's jump right into this and let's welcome our guest, Mig. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you very much. Don't, this is mean I have to keep whispering the whole interview. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Especially with the rock opera. No, we're supposed to be loud and remunctive. Good, because I'm going to shout this from the, every rooftop to everybody <laughs> who can hear me, because this is. I'm very excited about this show, and I want everyone to know about it. I am so excited as well. I mean, as we're talking, I mean, the listeners can't see, obviously, but you have the show's logo right there behind you, which is so cool. I want to know more about this show. So can you start by telling us a bit about what Choices, a rock opera, is about? Well, of course. Let me see if I can like uh, give you a synopsis and a 60-second commercial right now. Basically, it is a, a, a story about a rock lead, rock rock star who basically has the most has everything at his fingertips he has the world basically at his fingertips he he's in the, the height of his career and yet he feels like it's not enough it's not fulfilling him it's not fulfilling all his desires and needs suddenly he finds this he meets this girl who who, who basically turns his world upside down and then he decides whether he can't have both. He tried to have both and it just didn't work out. So he has to kind of make a choice. Is he going to continue following his rock stardom and continue the life that he has been doing, even though it's been very successful for him, it's not fulfilling his soul or does he follow his heart? And does he follow this domestic bliss? It's kind of like a sliding door situation. Which one does he follow? He follows a sliding door towards domestic bliss or does he continue being a rock star? And so this, this uh, story revolves around him making that choice and the consequences of that choice. I'm not going to reveal all of everything at the end, but, you know, at the end, basically, he has, he, you, you come to the point where he has made these decisions. And for whatever purpose and whatever reason he's made the decisions, it is always the right decision. So there you go. I mean, it's based in the 80s about, that's really being a bit cryptic about it because I don't want to give too much away. The guy who wrote it is a guy called John Cooper, and he's an incredible rock star. He's had many, many successes during his musical career, but he came to a point as well where he had, he came to a point where he was very disillusioned with the music industry and he made a choice of, of stepping away from the music industry. And there's many times that the music industry tried to bring him back, lure him back to becoming that musician again. He resisted it and resisted it. This kind of is a bit of a biopic, autobiographical account of, of his life. Although not, not exactly like, you know, names and places have been dramatized for creative purposes, creative license. But he, he was very, very passionate about what the story is about and the pitfalls of rock stardom and the pitfalls of the music industry. And yet also, you know, what that means when it comes to choices of in life and what is more important in life. And so these things are the, the main themes of, of the show. He's written all music and, and the songs rock. 
Um, and he, he put it as a little bit of a, just an idea, then the song circle, and he kind of like put this as, an, as a group. It became a show without him even realizing it. Next thing you know, he said, let's put this together. Let's put this on stage and let's do the workshop. He wanted to see if it flowed. He wanted to see if, if the story made sense and if people caught onto it. And he's just, it's just grown from that point on. So we've come to a point now where we're taking this show and making and putting it actually in a performance level. And I'm very excited about how it has progressed from, from the beginning infantile stages of the production to where it is now. That sounds amazing. Oh my gosh. That's a, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm on board. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> now, as you mentioned, you know, the, the show is written by John Krupa. How did you come upon the show? Well, I was actually brought in by the, the girl at the time, uh, Layla Davies, who was actually playing the lead. They, she did a workshop, perform, uh, workshop production of it with John Krupa, and they were looking for a, someone to sing the demos for the, for, for the, you know, just to get the, the show some kind of package so that they can just get some funding to put the show on. And when I did a wedding with, with Layla, Layla suggested me, hey, this guy just did a wedding thing with, with, we should give him a go. He sounds like the real deal. So John gave me a call and I it was kind of like love at first sight. As soon as we started talking to each other, I realized how passionate John Krupa was for this. And I just loved his energy and I loved his dedication. And he just brought me in and we had a meeting and next thing you know, he sent me some demos and I sang some things, some of my parts on just to get you know, the, some flow of, of learning how to do it. Then he asked me whether I'd like to be involved in putting the, uh, a production onto it. So we actually did a couple of preliminary workshop productions of this just to see how it would flow and develop the show. He's added some more songs, he tweaks some more songs, edit, you know, it's kind of a, a con continual work in progress to the point now we're at the stage where he really believes in the project and really wants people to see it in its, its current state. Wow, very cool. Now then, does this upcoming performance at the Emlyn Theatre for the Performing Arts Markets kind of world premiere in front of a full audience? Well, we have had full audiences before. We, we did a little three-episode three workshop in, at the Chappaqua Performing Arts Centre and a little small little community theatre before that in Armonk. But now it's a chance, like, he really believes, like, this is, this is getting pretty close to a finished product. So he wants to see this come to a point where he wants to see people enjoy the show as it is. And if there needs to be any more tweaks and everything like that, well, we, we need to, I think he's, he's at the point where he, he, he needs some influx from producers, influx from directors and, and whatever to, to bring this to the, next, to the next level. He can only do it so much. We, he brought everything up to this level basically by himself, single-handedly. He's financed this whole project. He really believes in it and he's very passionate about it. So this is the world premiere production of Choices in its full capacity as it is now yes nice. yes it's never been done like this before let's put it that way so what has it been like developing this show since you've come on board bringing it from where it was in those workshop stages up to this point you know the, I've, I've done several you know broadway productions I've, I've i actually live in london for a while i've done a lot of big scale productions growing up in australia as well 
been involved in a lot of productions, but one thing that I've always wanted to do and always loved, I've been aspiring to do is to create a role from scratch, you know, and be the original creator of the role. And to be able to do something like that with this show has been really exciting to take it, you know, from just basically words on a page or basically even just a demo to the point of like bringing it on stage and putting life and breathing life into this character and creating it for my, you know, as what I would feel like this is what this character needs. So the to be actually to be able to put the 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 meat on the skeleton to actually be the skeleton itself, and then to keep on adding you know, layers onto that. It's been a really rewarding creative process. I love it. I love the whole situation. I think it's a something that I think everyone would would love to do at one point or another. I love that. With the show, is there a message or a thought you're hoping that the audiences will take away from it? I do believe that, you know, when people watch the show, that people will be divided. I think people will be divided to think, why would he give up? Why would he give up a, a fantastic career in, you know, at being a rock star to domestic bliss or or why can't he have both? Or why 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 was there a struggle of choice in the first place? Look at this girl I'm playing with. She's gorgeous. Of course she'd he'd go for that. You know, that there is there are like, you know, points where people will will have a debate about, you know, did he make the right choice? Why did he do that? And you'll see the consequences of his choices as well as the play pro- progresses, as the, sh- the show progresses, you'll see why, you know, the, the consequences of, of his decisions. And he has to live with those choices. He has to live with those consequences. So I, I want people to actually to have a debate themselves because it's not really black and white, like he made the right choice. It's not like, like he, is this something that it's definitely something that he should have done? I think that it leads, it's open for debate and open for speculation, which I think is really interesting about this. He doesn't, he doesn't tell the audiences, this is exactly what it should be. He did the right thing. Maybe he didn't, or maybe he did, or maybe just that's life. Whatever the, 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 the decision or what choice you make, life has a way of just dealing cards that maybe you had no, no idea that it was going to be dealt. So it's about dealing with those choices. Life sometimes can be unfair. Lifetimes, life can be really unpredictable. Life never follows pattern. And, uh, you know, yeah, these things, you just have to roll with the punches. So as tragic as may, maybe this may sound, you know, it being an opera, you know, it's pretty dramatic in lots and lots of ways. But how we deal with that, sometimes we find the beauty in the mundane things. We find the beauty in the in the day-to-day living we find the day the beauty in the struggle of life and sometimes it may not be that glamorous the struggle but what we do is we live every day and we live we make every moment count and whatever choice we make is the right choice because that's what we decided at the time that's so wonderful i love that well winding up this first part of our interview i would love to know who do you hope have access to choices a rock opera well, I would love, first of all, I'd love the audiences to come and, and watch the show. You know, I def, definitely I want them to enjoy it, but I would love it for producers to come and have a look at it. I would love people who think that, hey, you know what, I, I really believe in this and I'd like to take it to the next level. Or maybe some creative input would be great about this. This is, again, this is a work in progress. And I, I think um, John Krupa has been very adamant to the fact that he welcomes all these creative inputs and this, this contribution to creating this, making this the best show possible. 
So I, I you know, if, if people come and come and see the show and they can get something out of it, great. And if they can also give something to it, then even better. Part of our interview, we love to let our listeners get to know our guests a little bit better, more on a personal level. And I want to start by asking you our <laughs> regular first question, which is what or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites? Well, I got to say, uh, I know I was never really thought of entering musical theater as a career. However, I got to say that I was very, very influenced by the first time I ever watched anything. Okay, I'm showing my age here, okay? But every the first time, the first thing that I ever watched on a Betamax cassette tape, video cassette tape, it was in my grandmother's place and it was West Side Story. And so that was the first thing that I could actually, as you know, as a, as a young child, would be able to put this cassette into this huge player press play and after the, the lines would kind of eventually disappear, watch this amazing story with this incredible music unfold. And I was absolutely gobsmacked and I was transported. So for West Side Story for me always held that sense of whoa, oh, and wonderment. And the music never leaves you. The music is incredible. So you can say Leonard Bernstein, Stephen Sondheim have always been there. The initial impetus to me being at, at all interested in musical theater and theater per se, it is, that, was, that was my first introduction to the world of musical theater. You know, I, I, I did a show in London called We Will Rock You, played the lead in that. And my dealings with the band called Queen has been something of a blessing for me. And they continue to be inspirational for me, like Brian May, Dr. Brian May, or Sir Dr. Brian May, has been a constant source of a bit of a mentor to me and also a bit of inspiration. Um, I just look at the way that he lives his life, the way he has lived his life, the way he conducts himself. And it's just like, maybe that's that's the way to go. It's, he's a, he's a, a magnificent human being. and. You can only continue to learn from someone with that pedigree and that that intestinal fortitude. As far as musical theater now, I'll tell you one one show that I wish I could I could do again. I did a, a production of The Bridges of Madison County in the Philippines. Actually, it was the first production that was produced outside of the of Broadway. And it was the music of Jason Robert Brown. And I played the lead role of Robert Kincaid. And I just fell in love with the music of of, of the, this this show, the Bridges of Madison County. It's such a masterpiece. It's uh, each song really, you know, uh, spoke to me, uh, moved me. Every time I hear it, I just get transported back to that place. And if I could do that show again, I would. I just fell in love with it. I don't feel think we did it. I did it enough times because, you know, unlike Broadway, where you can do it for months and months and even years. In the Philippines, they only have a very limited season. It's only about a month. You know, play it and that's it, done. I, want my, I didn't get my fill. I need me more of Jason Robert Brown. I think he really is. I, I know he's heralded as a genius. I just don't know how, how amazing, I don't know how, if people know how amazing he is. And I'm a huge fan. Uh, that show is amazing. 
It really is. So I'm it so is. glad that you brought that up. It's a wonderful list to have there. Kind of building on that, I'm curious to know. I mean, you you've mentioned that you've worked all over the world, you know, so you're an international performer. Have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Oh, good question. Good question. I got to say, I haven't had a chance to really see a, a lot of, of, of theater recently because I've, I've basically been traveling quite a lot. I've been touring with, with, a, with Windborne Music. We're doing the music of Queen, but with symphony orchestras, and we've been traveling around the country doing that. So every time I have a, a weekend off and et cetera, I've been away performing, which has been wonderful and without a shadow of a doubt, one of the highlights of, of, of my career. And I've been loving that. I got to say, you know what I, I saw recently, which absolutely blew me away was MJ the musical. I mean, okay, so I'm a, I'm, I'm a Michael Jackson fan. I got to admit, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, but I did a show in London called Thriller Live, um, which was a musical of Michael Jackson. We did it in London and we also did it. I did a world tour of it. And I loved that production, fell in love with the music even more. And when I saw, you know, I took my girlfriend to see MJ the musical because she's a huge Michael Jackson fan. I didn't know anything about it. It was in, it, uh, you know, I just, but it, it just looked like MJ the musical. That's all it says. And for me, that's not really an enticing title. It's not a very imaginative title to, to be perfectly honest. And then I, yeah, I went to see it and I was absolutely blown away. I mean, the performances were incredible. The way that it was staged, the way that it moved seamlessly from present day, well, present day 1993 or whatever it's supposed to be, to the past, to him talking about his past, seamlessly from scene to scene, from blind to blind, the way the performers would just basically drop, drop their octave or something, or just do a cock of the head and suddenly they became a different character. I thought that was just genius and i think you know I, I, despite it being a very popular and very commercial success it really is something special and you know i'd, I'd, I'd love to see it again i think it was it actually was a great night of theater i also saw a doll's house i saw a doll's house with jessica chastain yes and oh my gosh i i i, I can't tell you how, how blown away was i was by her performance she's absolutely flawless i was totally captivated. I couldn't, I don't think I blinked the whole time I saw that. I would love to know, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? My favorite part about working in the theater, I think is just the immediacy. I think the immediacy of, of, uh, of feeling that you're, that connection with an audience, because in TV and film, it's just so distant. You, you perform, you, you don't know was that all right? Was that good? I don't know. You know, you know, uh, the audiences will let you know. The audience, you, you feel like the if the audience, if you lose the audience, you feel, ah, I'm not getting it today. If you know that you've got them in the palm of your hand, you know that, okay, this is working. Also, what I love about theater is, is you, you, you travel the journey. You travel the journey from the beginning of the story and you see it right through to the end in chronological order, in, you know, in, in the sequence that it was meant to be. So you start the process, you start the journey at the beginning, and you take it all the way, all the way home. And to find that resolution or to find that, that a point where the story is resolved or it gets to the point where you've reached that climax, it's taking you, you've gone the whole journey. It's not something that's just sort of piecemeal. You followed it through. And if you do it right, and if everyone does it right around you, you get transported. 
And I love those moments when I even forget that I'm on stage. I forget that, oh, you know, who am I? Oh, there's an audience out there. You know, there's that kind of thing where you're actually living that moment. I find that really much easier to do in theater because you are feeling that emotion, emotional journey as the audience are experiencing it, you're living it. And I, I love that. I, I also love the part, the part of theater is where, you know, so you are experiencing this journey from beginning to end in real time at the same time as the audiences are being exposed to the story and, and are, are seeing it and unfold in front of them. You are actually living it from beginning to end. And I love that. One, one thing that I also love about theater and performing in theater is that we get a chance to do it again and again. And I, I feel like I'm one of those people that I don't believe we can ever do a perfect show. Like it's always you're learning as you go along. And every time you, you do the, the, the show, there's always something that you can do better. I feel like maybe in tomorrow, oh, I, I almost got it, almost did a perfect show. Oh, that was great. Oh, I missed that bit. And tomorrow I'm going to give it a go. And also when you are in the moment when you're actually feeling the character, every time you, you know, someone may give you a line, you may react to it differently. And I love how sometimes I, I get a different response from myself from hearing exactly the same lines, but every night I can feel like, well, I, I responded slightly different because I'm affected differently because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm being true to the character. And when I feel that, when I feel like, oh, it's affecting me differently today and you react to it differently. That's the, that's what's interesting. That's what's fascinating about theater, how the same lines, the same things, but you know, how it affects you and how you then deliver the next line is all depending on how you listen and how it responds and how it 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 bubbles inside your chemistry and what comes out and i love it when things like that happen it's a spontaneity that is so fantastic i love that and that makes a great lead into my favorite question to ask guests which is what is your favorite theater memory <gasps> wow that is a really really good question i have i have several <laughs> I have several really great, great memories that I that I you know often think about and gives me chills when I just think about it. I guess one of them could be when I first took over the lead role in We Will Rock You in London. And I remember being on stage in London and you know, we've just finished I'd just taken over the role. I played my first performance and it comes to the climax to the end. And after the whole story, basically the whole cast are behind me and I step up to the microphone to sing. We are the champions and I step up and I look out at the audience and I'm, and I'm suddenly realize how the hell did I get here? You know, this little kid from Sydney, Australia, um, on the West end playing the lead in this amazing show. Is uh, Brian May and Roger Taylor from Queen are in the audience, and I'm looking around, and I look look at people behind me, and I, and I, I just get this, yeah, this this wave of emotional rush coming through because it's it was a moment that I thought this is where exactly you need to be, and and I, at the times I was questioning, you know, am I good enough? Am I should I be here? Should I you know listen to my mom and become a doctor or you know? Can I start to prove my naysayers wrong by, by, by showing them that I'm here and, and I've, you know, I feel like 
I've made by Mark. And so that for me was a really huge milestone for me and a very momentous occasion. Wow. Yeah. What a memory. I yeah, love it was that. Un unforgettable. And also, I think it was also when I first opened my first Broadway show, I think that was also a moment as well when I, I did a burn the floor and to come to New York and to, it was, it's been a long road to New York. And I thought when I got here, things would happen quickly, but things did not happen quickly. It was a big, long process. And when I finally was able to secure my first role on stage on Broadway, it just felt like, oh, gosh, that took a time. Thank goodness. All right. Here we go. Oh, bloody hell. Here we go. Thank goodness for that. You know, uh, I thought it never happened. And when it did, it was just like amazing. Those great memories. Great memories. Thank you so much for sharing those. Well, are there any other productions or projects that you have coming down the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to tell you something soon. But at the moment, I'm, I'm actually working really hard with Choices. Got that lined up in November. We're, we're uh, deep in rehearsals now, so which is great fun. I have been also working with Windborne Music on the Music of Queen and that kind of thing. Also working with, I'm also playing in a reception band, funny enough, with a drummer from Skid Row, a guy called Rob Afuso. He has a reception band called Soul System Orchestras. And in the weekends, I go and do weddings. So I'm the wedding singer, literally the wedding singer in the weekends. And during the week, I'm also working with a company called Song Division, where we do team building songwriting workshops for, for companies. So in between all that, I really don't have time for anything else right now. But watch this space, because I, I really have not auditioned for much since before the pandemic. I kind of started working on other projects and it's kind of like those have taken over my life since since the pandemic and i don't know it's like i'll find a way of like maybe reigniting my uh audition process and and who knows i i'd like i'd like to go back onto broadway uh, i miss that life but i think I'm, i'll wait for a really great project that's something that i can really feel very proud of maybe jason robert brown's writing a new musical just for me i don't know who knows <laughs> That'd be very cool. That would be exciting. He's got very exciting indeed. Soon, so yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. Jason, <laughs> if you have my number, give me a call. All right. Well, finally, if our listeners would like more information about Choices, a rock opera, or maybe they'd like more information about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? Well, you can contact me through all the Instagram and TikTok things. I'm at Mig Ayesa. That's M-I-G-A-Y-E-S-A. You can look at my website, which is mig-music.com. And if you want to find out more about Choices of Rock Opera, we have a website called www.choicesarockopera.com. <laughs> So it's really quite simple, but check us out because we have shows coming up. Tickets have just started to go on sale. So I would really would love people to just check us out. And if you're not doing anything that weekend, come and have a, have a, a sneaky peek of, of a show that's absolutely going to blow you away. And it's the first time people have seen it. It is the world premiere. It is going to be, yeah, it's going to be a spectacular show. Got some great people in it. Great performances. I'm very excited with the people I'm working with. And uh, this has just been a, a labor of love from beginning to end. Oh, that sounds so fantastic. 
Mig, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. This has been amazing. I'm so excited for the show and I appreciate you taking the time to share the the show with us and, and all of your insights. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Andrew. I appreciate your time and uh, stage whispers. Thank you very much for having me. That was a whisper right there for you. There's a whisper for you. Come see Joyce's. Yes. <laughs> My guest today has been the performer, the lead performer, Mig Ayessa, who's performing in Choices, a rock opera, November 24th, 25th, and 26th at 8 p.m. at 2 p.m. on the 26th at the Emelin Theater for the Performing Arts in Marimaronic, New York. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting emelin.org. Also, make sure to check out their website, choicesarockopera.com and go check out Mig's website, mig-music.com or check him out on social media at Mig Ayesa. We're going to have all of this information posted on our social media as well as on our episode description. But listen, it's Thanksgiving weekend. The family's in town. This is the perfect way to spend the weekend right after the big feast head on out to the emlyn theater for the performing arts november 24th 25th and 26th for choices a rock opera so until next time i'm andrew cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones unwrap your candies and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper thank you If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. Hello.